There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Police arrived, they found the telephone the electricity line. described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cup of murder. Sometimes things don't go according to plan, and a killer never gets to stand trial for his or her crimes. On April 17, 1946, a man was born who would go on to, according to him, kill over 30 people. But a series of events during his transport left Paul John Knowles unable to ever answer for his crimes. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Paul John Knowles was born on April 17, 1946, in Orlando, Florida. When Paul was convicted of his first petty crime, his father reacted by sending him to foster homes and reformatories. He was officially incarcerated for the first time when he was just 19 years old, and from there, spent time in and out of prison. While serving time in a Florida prison, he began correspondence with a divorcee in San Francisco named Angela Kovic. At some point during their pen pal relationship, she came to visit her new beau. When she arrived, he proposed and she accepted. From there, Angela became a key part in getting Paul released from prison. She paid for his legal counsel and became his biggest champion. He was released and flew directly to California to start planning their wedding. However, their love affair didn't last long outside of prison walls. Not long after he was let out, Angela saw a psychic who warned her of a new dangerous man in her life. She ended the relationship and called off the wedding. And though it could never be confirmed, Paul later claimed that his first kills took place the very night she broke things off, that he was wandering the streets of San Francisco and picked off three people. He returned to Florida and soon after was arrested again after stabbing a bartender during a bar fight. On July 26, 1974, Paul picked the lock of his detention cell, escaped the facility, and began his cross-country murder spree as the attractive Casanova killer. His first kill was that very night when he broke into the home of 65-year-old Alice Curtis, bound and gagged her before ransacking her home. After he fled in her car, the woman choked on her gag and died. When he attempted to abandon the stolen car, he noticed two family acquaintances, 11-year-old Lillian and 7-year-old Milette Anderson. Fearing they would identify him when his crimes came to light, he kidnapped the sisters, strangled them, and buried their bodies in a nearby swamp. Shortly after this, according to Paul, he murdered an unidentified teen girl as she walked home. Years later, on December 21, 2011, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation came forward with news that, according to their records, there was a good chance that this girl was 13-year-old runaway Ima Jean Sanders, who left Beaumont, Texas in July of 1974 and was last seen on August 1st. The day after the Anderson sisters disappeared, on August 2nd, 1974, Paul met 49-year-old Marjorie Howie in Atlantic Beach, Florida. He somehow, whether by force or invitation, entered her home, and strangled her with a nylon stocking. 21 days later, he found his way to Musella, Georgia, where he strangled Kathy Sue Pierce to death, but left her three-year-old son unharmed. On September 3rd, Paul met a man named William Bates at a roadside bar in Lima, Ohio. His wife reported him missing after a night of drinking with Paul, and police later found his abandoned car near the bar. 
a car that belonged to Alice Curtis. That October, the nude body of William Bates was found in a wooded area. He had been strangled to death. Paul, who was now driving William's car, made his way to Nevada. Here, on September 18th, he bound and shot two campers, Emmett and Lois Johnson, and took their credit cards. On September 21st, he found his way to Segan, Texas, where he found stranded motorcyclist Charlene Hicks. He abducted the woman, raped and strangled her with her own pantyhose before dragging her body through a barbed wire fence. Two days later, he met Anne Dawson in Birmingham, Alabama, and the two traveled together until the 29th, when he took her life and dumped her in the Mississippi River. Her body has never been found. In October of 1974, now in Connecticut, he entered the home of Karen Wine and her 16-year-old daughter, Dawn. They were bound, raped, and strangled. Two days later, he was in Woodford, California, where he shot 53-year-old Doris Hosey with her own husband's rifle. Still in William's stolen car, he picked up two hitchhikers in Key West with the intention of killing them. At some point, he was stopped for a traffic violation, but... Not knowing he was a serial killer, the officer let Paul go. This near miss ended up saving the lives of the two hitchhikers because Paul dropped them off in Miami and contacted his lawyer. This lawyer suggested that his client surrender, but Paul refused. But they did arrange a meeting where Paul handed over a taped confession. He was able to slip out of town before police were informed. On November 6th, he was back in Georgia, where he stabbed Carswell Carr to death before strangling Carr's 15-year-old daughter. After she took her last breath, Paul attempted to have sex with her corpse. While bar hopping in Atlanta, Paul met British journalist Sandy Fox. The two spent a night together, but Paul was unable to perform with a willing companion. They parted ways, but not before he picked up Susan McKenzie, an acquaintance of Sandy's, and demanded sex at gunpoint. She was able to escape and inform police, but Paul escaped by threatening the officer with a shotgun. He found his way back to Florida, where he invaded the home of invalid Beverly Maybe. He abducted her sister and stole their car before traveling to Fort Pierce, Florida. He dropped off the woman without hurting her. On the morning of November 16th, a Florida Highway Patrol trooper, Charles Campbell, recognized the stolen car and attempted to make an arrest. But as he was pulled over, Paul was able to wrestle the officer's gun away from him and take the man hostage. He then got into the patrol car with his hostage and used the siren to pull over a man named James Meyer in order to take his car and ditch the much more noticeable patrol car. He now had two hostages in his car and took them both to a wooded area in Pulaski County, Georgia where he handcuffed them to a tree and shot them in the head at close range. He then attempted to crash through a police roadblock, lost control, hit a tree, fled on foot, and was shot in the foot by a pursuing officer. A chase ensued that involved dogs, officers from multiple agencies, and helicopters. Paul Knowles was finally caught on November 17th by a 27-year-old former Vietnam veteran, David Clark, This civilian escorted Paul into a nearby home and called police. Once in custody, Paul Knowles took credit for 35 murders in total. However, he would never answer for his crimes. 
because on December 18, 1974, while in transport to the location where he dumped a murder weapon, Paul was able to grab Sheriff Earl Lee's handgun and discharge it before, in an attempt to control the situation, Agent Ronnie Angel shot Paul in the chest, killing him instantly. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on April 18th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.